In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, officially sponsored by Turks and Kaikos. Not really, I'm just trying to get used to saying that, so when it happens, we're ready. Right? That's what I'm saying. Awesome. Uh, good old Turks and Kaikos. Please sponsor us. I miss Turks and Kaikos. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I miss Turks and Caicos. Ah, well, we got snow on the ground here, and you just don't get that in Turks and Caicos. No, you don't. Oh, beautiful Turks and Caicos. Yeah, there's there. In fact, there's never, ever. I don't think there's ever snow in Turks. Ever. Um, someplace that there is probably snow on a fairly regular basis. Uh, our person from up north, JLB. What's going on, man? It is me. It is me. It is Justin JLB. No snow today, folks. No snow. It's coming, though. I feel that winter breeze. It is here. It is almost Halloween. So with Halloween comes the cold. And uh, you guys can keep the snow for now. Keep it where you're at. Don't bring it here. I don't need any gifts. Uh, except the doobly-doo shirt I'm going to get in like a month. Um, and that's it. Canada take that long? Well, I was cheap with the shipping. So it literally said from November 13th to the 30th. So I just say, okay, I'm going to get it on the 30th. Just in case. Holy cow. Let's see. So, right? I am just doing a comparison here. Because right now, right now here in... Uh, Omaha, it's 27 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, it's 38 in Montreal right now. Hmm. So, um, 38. Nah, bro, it's cold. Thir- 38 Fahrenheit. Oh, which okay. Is, which, which is, is four. Which is, yeah, four, three degrees yeah. Celsius. Uh, so to, to put it in your terms, right How now. Skype just decides to drop me on the call. It knows when you're not wanted. Yeah, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> oh, you're always funny, but Skype's just a dick sometimes. Well, and it takes one to know one. <laughs> Skype's like, I'm a dick, but so is DA Fabe, so. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm a dick who doesn't know how to end a podcast. <laughs> been discovering on drugs. <laughs> so 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 the the big thing is it's a good thing we don't do this over zoom because dfa would have his dick out all the time because he is a dick uh, how many times can we say uh, uh, dick in a minute so so yeah so i don't work for the new york times or or washington post or whatever company that guy worked for new york so, new york yeah new yorker uh so yeah so it is about Five degrees colder here in Omaha than it is in five Montreal. degrees Celsius. Yes, in Montreal. So we are colder. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, by all means, our Januarys are going to be far worse than yours. So uh, have fun with the cold for now. We get wind, it's, though, bro. Yeah, that, that's the th- thing with here in Nebraska. It's so flat that we get this m- 
massive wind. Wind. Uh, um, and so during the winter, we'll have eight inches of snow and then, you know, 50, 50 mile an hour, hour winds. Wind. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, we get the snow. We may not get your wind, but. Oh, it, you guys get the snow, for sure. Yeah, you get more snow. I'm not sure. arguing. But here, here's the deal is there have been times my car has literally been blown off the side of the road uh, while driving. Not because of snow, but because of the wind. Huh. Because it, it, there's snow on the ground, so it makes the ground a little bit slick. But I'll be driving, and then the wind will gust, and my car will slide sideways as I'm driving. So we'd like to welcome everybody to the Raw and Order Weather Bitching Unit. Yes, it is the Weather Bitching <laughs> Unit. <laughs> so, also, I'd like to complain about here in Nebraska, we've had to cancel <laughs> Halloween before. Why do you cancel Halloween because of snow? No, that's right, because no one can walk anywhere. <laughs> Anywho's, um, legit. This so instead weird. of canceling it for COVID, we cancel it for snow. Um, Sounds about this, right. This is the special Hell in a Cell edition of Raw and Order. <laughs> Apparently, this is a Hell in a Cell itself. <laughs> um, but I would like to point out that it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air because a year ago in our hell in a cell episode we, we were had, very unhappy campers we had a ref stoppage because too much brutality in a match called hell in a cell yes wow that was a year ago wow indeed was that's how time works oh <laughs> 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 You can't do that when I'm smoking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, um, also a year ago, I believe it would have been just me and DFA bitching on this podcast because we did not have our RCMP from up north yet. No, we hadn't. We hadn't gotten in contact with Interpol to get a partner. Yep. yep. So, so this is the first Hell in a Cell that JLB is getting to comment on. Uh, before we get into talking about Hell in a Cell, uh, I'd like to remind you that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com to check out the other shows on the network. Um, we also have our merch store, shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. Uh, JLB actually just ordered himself the link is in the doobly-doo shirt. Um, and then we just added a couple new designs, <laughs> including one that I've been meaning to do for a while that is a fairly simple Raw and Order WBU logo uh, specifically designed to look good on hats because I was noticing that my designs for everything else looked great on shirts but not so great on the hats and I'm a hat guy I'm a baseball cap guy and I wanted a WBU hat so I will be ordering one of those here soon so hopefully you can wear that in Turks and Caicos yes it would be great to wear in Turks and Caicos I might switch to height. Yeah, I might switch to the the trucker's hat in Turks and Caicos because it's got the mesh on the back to keep my head a little bit cooler. 
Because it gets a little hot in Turks and Caicos. It Um, it doesn't get cold. Does not get cold. Uh, There. Uh, Also, before we get to um, the show, although also pointing out, uh, please sponsor us, Turks and Caicos, is one of the other shirts that went live this week. So you can help us out in our goal to get sponsored by Turks and Caicos. Uh, by bringing attention to please sponsor us, Turks and Caicos. Um, before we get into talking about Hell in a Cell, though, I did want to do one crime this week. Because normally we don't do crimes on these review shows. But there is a crime it's very important to talk about. And it's important to talk about because it's from SmackDown. So I have to talk about it before the show. Although it does play into the show a bit. And my crime is on WWE, specifically SmackDown. Because gimmick infringement is a crime. And it's very important to talk about it. We're the wrestling court people here. Not you guys. Especially you, JBL. Yeah. Not JLB, JBL. Yeah. Yes. Not JBL. Law and Otis. And just, just seriously, guys, we got one thing in this world. And that's being wrestling cops and lawyers. And you got to come in here with your big budget and your weekly TV show on a network and all of that stuff and gimmick and fringe on us. Come on, guys. Filing charges. Charges are not only filed, but immediately to court. And I think a conviction can be thrown here. Yeah, seriously, guys. I think Vince McMahon's going to have a field day with us. You know, yeah. <laughs> he can bring his high price, high price lawyers to this thing. I have faith in our district attorney. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only crime I really like wanted. Otis represent himself. That's just a bad idea. Nope. But you know, here's the deal: is in our court, our judges can't just be bought off with a mysterious briefcase. It takes a sponsorship by Turks and Caicos. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, but on that note, we will get into the bulk of this show, which is going to be talking about Hell in a Cell 2020. Yes. Yeah. It's It, it was a pay-per-view. Really good match in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed the R-Truth match. I yeah, really but- did. Yeah, I didn't uh, get a chance to watch the pre-show, but that's surprising that it was actually good. Nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, the, uh, first of all, worst kickoff show panel ever. <laughs> I just have to say that. First, you have Jerry Lawler on it. Then you bring in Double J Jeff Jarrett. And then, of course, there's fucking Pete Rosenberg. <laughs> But uh, uh, damn. So anyway, I, that's really, on the kick. However, on the commentary, I, I have to give him a little bit here. This is the most enjoy because everybody else was so bad. This is the most enjoyable that Booker T's ever been. I will say that. Yep. Yep. Still, still hated this kickoff show. I hated the panel. Hated. 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 However, to have our uh, truth show up in the middle of the panel. Uh, saying, I thought I was supposed to have a match at the Hell and Shell kickoff show, but you're already doing Raw Talk. Um, Kayla seems genuinely frustrated by him (laughs) calling it Raw Talk, which, good for her that she could act that out that well. She's like, I don't know why he keeps calling it Raw Talk. But then, of course, eventually it got to the match, an actual scheduled match for the 24-7 championship. R-Truth versus Drew Gulak. 
Now, first of all, they did say one thing on the panel that they thought they should rename the championship belt. I think it was on the panel uh, because of uh, maybe it wasn't on the panel. Maybe it was someone else earlier. Anyways, but that um, because R-Truth has held it like 47 times, uh, they should name it after him. I think they should rename it because it's no longer a 24-7. When was the last time it got defended not on a televised product right i literally can't remember television championship i i-29 south Mm -hmm. south it's important not i-29 north no it wasn't 29 i'm putting 29 on it because that's near nebraska (laughs) i think he said i-95 yeah it doesn't matter it's still south the important part is it's the south not no you get on northbound you're not going to get that championship uh, no, nope, no, nope. little Jimmy, but, little Jimmy ain't there. But so, if you're not gonna have it, the whole point of it was to have it be defended anytime, so you could have it up on YouTube and have, you know, our truth walk down the street and Drew Gulak come up and super kick him and pin him or whatever, right? Uh, and they just haven't done that anymore. So what they need to just turn it into is is like you say a television championship that is is. Anyone can challenge for it at any time. So you can still have it a false count anywhere championship, but just get rid of the 24-7 part of it because you're never using it anyways. Um, but so the actual match, R-Truth scheduled to face Drew Gulak um, because Drew Gulak is so great. Let's just bury him in the 24-7 picture. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get why. So did they have, they had a little feud... I guess for two seconds last time around, right? Because he originally won it for, like... That was stupid. I don't know. What are you doing with Drew Gulak? Yeah. That's the thing is, it's, it, they built this up. Drew Gulak's been in and out of the 24-7. There was the other day they were running by and he was doing lunges in the back and then took an opportunity to try to get the belt and then failed. Um, but we had an actual match. Um, but it was entertaining because it started off with Drew Gulak uh talking to little jimmy getting little jimmy to sit on his knee for a bit talking to him and then punting him out of the ring <laughs> yeah. I deeply enjoyed drew gulak in that moment i was like that's hilarious uh and of course that you know was not good for uh our truth's sanity our truth went off on him for a while did his whole john cena tribute uh, <laughs> which are always entertaining. Uh, that was his childhood hero. Uh, and then oh, end up getting the pin. Afterwards, of course, you had Lucha House Party, which can you can still call them Lucha House Party because it's only two of them anymore. They uh, did on the show. So yeah. Lucha Duo. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and Tazawa come out to try to pin him again because. What a great way to use all of these talented people. Yeah, that's horrible. I thought the use of Tozawa was, was on point. You shut your face. <laughs> if he so, doesn't have a gold belt around his waist, he is being used horribly. I, I don't I don't necessarily think he should be a, a, a title holder, but the 24-7 championship is not the best use for him. I think, frankly... Uh, he should go down to NXT and go after the Cruiserweight Championship there. Uh, I think that he should come out during a AJ Styles match and walk up to the, bodyguard. the bodyguard and say, 
we have training to do. Let's go. <laughs> but then we move on to the actual Hell in a Cell. Kickoff show's over. It's time for the actual. And there were not a ton of matches on the card for tonight. In fact, uh, JLB does a predictions thread on, on Facebook where where friends and everyone get together and predict. And I want to say there were, what, five matches for the actual card? And then a couple that were like maybes, and I don't think any of those actually happened, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but for a pay-per-view, that's actually a really low amount of actual main card matches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think we had too much more than those, right? Um, well, we technically had two matches be made. So we had the Lashley match that was that was made like earlier on, and I feel like there was another match. Um, well, we'll get to it. But but so yeah, I mean, it's like you know, going into it, we knew there was going to be the Universal Championship, the WWE Championship, the women's match, um, Jeff Hardy versus Elias, and Otis versus The Miz. We knew those matches. Um, and that's about it. And so anything other than those were added afterwards. We thought maybe there was going to be something with Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio and maybe Murphy in there. We thought maybe there was going to be another Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black. Neither of those happened. Um, what did surprise me, though, is the match that started the night. The very yeah. first match of the actual card was the Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in a Hell in a Cell I Quit match. Now, before we get into talking about the actual match, I'm going to say this out loud right now. I hate the even the concept of a Hell in a Cell I Quit match. Why? I, I think that's too many gimmicks in one match. I like Hell in a Cell matches. I like I Quit matches. But combining them together to me was just too much it's too and the thing is they didn't use the cell nearly enough in this to have made it need the hell in a cell so i think it could have been just fine being an i quit match um and it would have been easier to follow because you wouldn't have been looking through a red cage the entire time because seriously marks is a hater holy can, cow can you seriously look at this match was there any part of this match that was improved by the cage being there or that needed the cage to be there? How about the times yeah, where no. they threw somebody into the cage? They, but, yeah, but I, what's, it, what's the difference between throwing them into the cage and throwing them into the barricades outside? Basically nothing. One is a cage and the other is barricades. <laughs> yep, basically nothing. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly right. Here, I I agree with the fact that they didn't necessarily need the hell in the cell part, but I don't mind the gimmick within the gimmick. I think if let's say if it was Banks and Bailey, I quit in that hell in the cell based on how they used it, and I quit hell in the cell would have been pretty cool. Yeah, uh, See, they just didn't use it nearly as good for this match. No, it was no, like you say. What I'm trying to get because there's there's a third gimmick that comes into this match. Uh, it's not officially named, but they do hell in a cell. They do I quit, and midway through the match, they turn it into a strap match. So well, now hell in a cell. It's also a chairs match. It's also uh, because uh, last man standing match. Well, I quit and last man standing are sort of the same, but you couldn't win in by 
count out or anything like that, right? The only way to win was an I quit. But the strap comes into it in the fact that uh, Uso brings a strap in at some point, at one point, and eventually they both just, like, attach the strap to their wrists and turn it into an impromptu strap match. It's not called a strap match, but here's the deal. In a Hell in a Cell match, chairs are legal, so chairs being in it are fine. In a Hell in a Cell match, straps are legal to hit people with, so they have a strap in. But as soon as you just, I don't know, decide I'm going to tie it to my wrist, that's when it becomes kind of silly. And that's when you, you're you stacking a gimmick on top of a gimmick on top of a gimmick for it. It got to be too much. And I, for one, would have preferred if this had been an I quit match outside of Hell in a Cell. And I also think that because they now had three Hell in a Cell matches in this, that keeping it outside of Hell in a Cell could have made it the other Hell in a Cell matches more impactful because they would have been the only Hell in a Cell matches. This one here, I just, there were very, very, very few reasons for it to be, uh, like, there wasn't a time when uh, Jimmy Uso was standing on the outside trying to get in to help his brother, um, so the cage didn't matter there. There wasn't a time when either of them were trying to escape. The whole reason for a cage is to keep people together. Neither of them tried to escape, so that's nothing. They never climbed up the top of the cage, uh, which comes up later. So that didn't matter. The only time it being in a Hell in a Cell match mattered were the few times they threw each other into the into the sides, which they could have done just as easy into the barricades or or whatever. Or um, and that it's at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, or that it's at Hell in a Cell. But again, they already had two other Hell in a Cell matches. Um, and frankly, there have been other Hell in a Cells that have only had one Hell in a Cell match. So... Uh, so for me, my, my dryer thinks you're wrong. That's what that buzz was in the background. Yeah, your dryer can suck it. <laughs> so here's my thoughts on on what you're saying. Do you remember when Baron Corbin had hair? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Okay, so I think that your concept is going bald because you're splitting hairs here, man. Oh, I think geez. I think that this is just garbage I, uh, there's uh, you are nitpicking yep. a match for being for having extra gimmicks in it that was just a brutal match it was a brutal match it was supposed to be something where now in the last match had somebody tried to get away that would add to the hell in the cell i quit match so that's maybe the wrong writing uh, on the other side um i get where they're doing the i quit match and Hell in a Cell, okay, fine, it's Hell in a Cell, so what? I don't I don't really care. Like, it was an I Quit match that just happened to be in Hell in a Cell. But again, the whole purpose of adding gimmicks to a match is for them to affect the match in some way, right? We've, we, on this very show, have talked about, before, have talked about how we don't like when they just do a gimmick match for no reason right when they just build up and they're like oh it's hell in a cell season so we better do a hell in a cell oh it's survivor series so we've got to have a raw versus smackdown survivor series match oh it's royal rumble so we've got you know the royal rumble is the only one that gets away with it because that's a traditional match type but just being like oh it's extreme rules so we've got to have an extreme rules match or oh it's elimination chamber time so we're gonna throw these 
you know, five people or six people together for an Elimination Chamber match. Um, Imagine if Royal Rumble had like six different Royal Rumble matches for all the different (laughs) titles. Uh, It would effectively be Future Shock. (laughs) But but that's my thing is this the only reason it was inside Hell in a Cell is they were like, well, we're at Hell in a Cell, so we better have it inside Hell in a Cell. I am am a believer that when you have a Hell in a Cell match, when you have an Extreme Rules match, when you have any sort of these gimmicks, you have to have built up the reason for it to be there. And they didn't build up any reason for it to be inside Hell in a Cell. They built up all sorts of reasons for it to be an I Quit match, and I'm down with it being an I Quit match. I'm 100% down with it. I, In fact, to be a, blunt on this, I really liked this match. I really liked it, but I would have liked it better if we hadn't been looking through red chain link for the entire match for it not to matter at all, right? If they would have instead choreographed it where the chain link mattered, the cage actually mattered to the match, like I said, by having Jimmy Uso standing outside going, come on, let you know, let him go or whatever, or or to have Plow Romans beating up on on Jay Uso to have a bunch of referees out there trying to get in to save Jimmy or Jay Uso's life, but they can't because it's a cell and they don't have a way in. That's that's something. It, it gives a reason to it, but there was no reason for the Hell in a Cell in terms of storyline, in terms of usage, in terms of anything. And the only caveat for it is the fact that since it was at the Thunderdome. It didn't impact anyone in the arena from seeing the match. Because, frankly, if I had been at the arena trying to watch this match go on through the cage, wouldn't have been fun. Because there was a lot of it that took place just on the mat as they're just beating each other up on the mat. Um, and and that would have been... It, it, the cage makes it harder to see. And so, unless you have a reason for it to be in the cage, I think... This is a, a perfect example of don't have it in Hell in a Cell just because it's at Hell in a Cell, right? Because this one not being in the cage, the other two matches then would have felt more impactful because they're rarer. They're more special in that way. Um, but again, in the I wrestling like world, the there are two parties. Yeah. The we, wrestlers we and the yeah. actually do the matches. But, but I, I've been on the record before and I'm consistent with this, I don't think a gimmick should be done just because it's that time. And this is a perfect example, in my opinion, of they decided to shoehorn it in Hell in a Cell when I think it would have been more impactful to have had it not in Hell in a Cell. Well, to have I had tell you, same I quit match. The moment I thought, I thought that the Cell was going to come into play, and it didn't, was when the strap came out. And here's why. I thought at some point somebody was going to tie somebody with that strap uh, to the hell and cell. Uh, tie their feet up to the ceiling, something. Uh, pinata, pinata, pinata. You know, type thing. Like, I thought that's where we were going with it. They didn't do that, but that added some suspense to it because the cell was there, and you're like, oh my gosh, is he going to. I mean, uh, instead it's a they just so as well, so. ever, uh, strapped themselves. To the wrist for whatever reason because that makes a whole lot of sense well then the other guy can't run off with it oh wait there's a cell in a hell in a cell <laughs> see, see so it mattered it no. mattered to give you the opportunity to bitch about something 
Because because again, here's the deal: if they were not in the cell and they decided to strap the strap to him, it would have made a, a sense because it would have been like, hey, this way Jay can't just run away from this beating that we're gonna give him. Right. Anyways, um, uh, getting to what you just referenced though, it did in the end turn into cousins trying to choke each other out, which, <laughs> um, as much as I liked this match. Those moments, both Jay Uso wrapping the strap around Roman's neck and, and trying to choke him out, and the subsequent Roman putting on the guillotine choke on Jay, both of those took me out of this a bit because I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know this is an I quit match. People can't quit when they're unconscious, right? They just can't. That's why in those situations, submission holds like figure fours or uh, sharpshooters yeah. work because the person can still say, I quit doing them. Or cross faces, a crippler cross face, or, you know, ooh, ooh. any one of these, these uh, submission holds that allow the person to still say, I quit. But choking someone out is a guarantee that they're not going to quit. And that you're going to have to wait around until they wake up and then try to get them to say, I quit. Which is essentially what they had to do. But I think why they did it that way is to show that Jay was never going to quit. You know what I mean? He'll pass out before he quits kind of thing. They were trying to build. So I think I, that's essentially. And, and I get it. But they've done that before with Stone Cold in a sharpshooter. Um you can do that same thing in something that gives you the drama of are they going to quit? But when you're in a chokehold or a guillotine, you don't get the opportunity to say I quit because you can't breathe. Right. You're. Do uh, you quit? I, I was really, really hoping that at some point one of them would just incidentally say I quit like I think Roman at one point said to Jay just say I quit and I was like oh, oh Roman just lost I would just yeah, wait for a Rick situation yeah I was just waiting for a Mick Foley versus The Rock uh I quit I quit I quit yeah. um but okay so anyways we've talked about all that stuff it ends up uh Jay is basically out He's wedged between the uh, post and the ring steps, and uh, Roman gives him another drive-by. He hit him before with the drive-by. And the referee tries to stop the match, and Roman Reigns says, no, this is an I quit match. You can't stop it until he says I quit. And the referee is saying, no, but he can't do it anymore. I'm just going to call the match. So Roman just fucks off and kills the referee. Um... Imagine if Seth had done that last year said, no, you can't call the match because it's a hell of a cell match. Pinfall or submission only. He will submit. Exactly. Just but, saying. And then the ref all the referees come out and try to to call the match and everything. And uh, Roman just chases them away and then uh, puts the ring steps on top of Jimmy or Jay. And is trying to beat him up with the ring steps. And Jimmy runs into the ring. And this is where it got a little bit weird. Um, and I get the storyline they're trying to say. I just don't think they executed this as well. But Jimmy talking to Roman about, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is not who we are. We're uh, families, oops. We're families, oops. We're, we're cousins, man. 
And they had Roman start to cry and say, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm sorry. And then he looks like he was going to shake Jimmy's hand. And instead, he puts him in the guillotine. And that's when Jay finally quits because he's Jay saving quits, his, he loves his brother. Yep. And so I so I here's get the... I'm good with all of this to this point until the end. So I was actually hoping Roman would say I quit. Fine, you don't lose, you don't want to lose. I quit, but I get another rematch because I'm the big dog, you know? Because he he loved his family and then he could he could reheal turn if he wanted to. But I still was okay with it until what you're gonna talk about next. The Afa and Sika part, or yep, no, that yeah, I didn't like that either. But my part, I I didn't like this feigned remorse, right? The crying and I don't know who I am anymore. I think if you're gonna have your character be wreck everyone, then leave. Then when Jimmy comes out and says this is not who we are, Oost, we're family, all this stuff. Roman should have just stood up, walked over to him, and started beating him, and then put him in the guillotine. And then Jay laying there, seeing his brother get beaten and everything, and then put in the guillotine. I think that tells the better story, and it doesn't make Roman look... Look like there's a soft side there at all. Yeah, Yeah. it keeps apart. So then after the match, of course, uh, he walks up with the Universal Champion, walks up the thing, and Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans, are there. Uh, and they give him a lay, and uh, and that's that's the Samoan lay. Sign that, sign that he's the boss. Sign that yeah, he's the boss. Um, and and that you know was a little ceremony that I didn't think needed, especially since his character and the Wild Samoans' character from back in the day are almost opposites. Like yeah. Like, he's a flat-out heel, and the Wild Samoans were not, as far as my ever experience with them, were never portrayed as just bad guy heels. They were were supposed to be just savages. Yeah, they were savages. They were, you know, stereotypes, but... Yeah. But he's a heel, and that's what I didn't get, because to, to me, it made them look like they were now heels too well and and so they still have their lays on so that still makes them the head of households Mm -hmm. according to what they're doing what i would have liked to have seen was not necessarily them take their lays off but not but them say hey family came first and you're not Mm -hmm. the the leader of this family until you can lead this family not beat this family yeah, but so so the, I, I thought there I thought there could have been a, a much bigger statement made that then allows Roman to walk away from the family and and in turn that makes him really heal. Like now it's oh well I pretended it was about the family, but it was really just about me. Now we were talking before the show about um my biggest problem with this is it has nothing to do with this match or Hell in a Cell or any of it. It's that I still feel like they told this story backwards. This story should have started off with him winning the Universal title, saying he's the head of the family, having Jey Uso come out and join him and uh, be with him as as a partner, as a as a member of his group and then eventually get tired of being bossed around by him and then challenge him uh and then you could have this same match where he loses and now he has to be subservient sort of a thing but just to go straight to the challenge him 
lose now I'm subservient. I think we lost a chunk of storytelling that should have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, this is far from over, really. We're going to have now a couple months of Jey Uso being beaten down and the subservient Jey Uso, you know, helping Roman out however he wants because that was the rules of this. But eventually, Jay's going to try to fight back. That's going to happen. Um, yeah. But no, all in all, like I said, I liked this match. I don't want it to sound like I didn't. I just thought... They piled on an extra gimmick that didn't need to be on there, and it didn't help the match. It hindered the match in my book. But. See, and I I didn't love this match. So, um, you I know, thought it was I'm, the first I'm, match of the night. Yeah. I, uh, wow. I might, I might match be. Of the night. Yeah. I just I thought it was pointless. Um, it didn't make Uso strong at all. Uh, if you were, because I immediately went once I saw it was the first match. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a squash. This is gonna be a complete squash. WWE is not gonna do anything. They're gonna make Roman look big. I didn't like um, the whole. Oh, now I'm gonna say I quit because you're choking my cousin. Like, why don't you just kick Roman off your cousin instead of saying I quit? Like, uh, uh, first of all, it's his brother. But second of all, um, no, I get that. Uh, you know, but eh, oh, I. You're gonna stop I, now? Like no. I guess it could, I can understand not liking this match. I enjoyed it overall, uh, but say really? it was the first match really? of the night. There's at least two matches that I would have put worse. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was uh, garbage. I'm happy it was first, so I can actually enjoy the rest of the card. Yeah. So, so we will wow. get the first of two matches that I think that were worse than this. Elias versus Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that was worse. Yeah, he's he's got you on this one. Yeah, okay. I mean, this match was whatever. Blah. Um, stupid ending. Basically, I don't know. There's nothing really to say about this match aside from Elias's song was hilarious. And um, uh, but Elias's song with Jeff Jeff Jarrett, where he said Jeff is Mexican for his. Did he say Mexican? I think he said Mexican, didn't he? I don't even remember. For junkie, right? Oh that no, was on the pre-show. Okay. Yeah, no, that was dope. That was funny. Poor Jeff with the DUI thing. Jeff Hardy equals DUI. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, I'm not a fan of of just beating the crap out of somebody's real life struggles. Just over and over and over and over. I mean, the guy's less than six months out of rehab. You know, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not a fan. I, I didn't like them using it earlier, and now that they, I thought they were past it, and then they bring back Elias and they put it straight back into that. Um, I really like Elias. I'm a, I'm an Elias fan. I think this was a poor use of Elias. I don't think Jeff Hardy is a good match for Elias in terms of like ring skills and and styles. I don't think that matches up well. Um, and the ending of this match doesn't match up well because I can't I can't really tell what they're doing. I mean, it almost seems like Jeff Hardy turned heel, but he didn't. I don't know. He was just so just did, man. Elias tried to grab his guitar, but Hardy took it from him and smashed it across his back and got a disqualification. Uh, so Elias technically got the win, 
because Jeff Hardy decided to be dumb and disqualify himself. Oh, and look, and that's why, I mean, they could turn him heel, but I don't think it's going to be a heel thing. I think it's just more he's fed up of people talking about his DUI and all that. So maybe it might eventually legit turn him heel, but it's really more just like, guys, shut up. You no, know, like, I'm, that's it. I don't think this is a heel turn, but that's a heel move. Yes. Is what that is. For sure. Um, and, and that's why I have a problem with it. In the end, this match shouldn't have happened one way or another. Uh, there, the, we mentioned Alistair Black and Kevin Owens. Alistair Black and Kevin Owens have had more buildup on the storyline on shows than Elias versus Kev, uh, Jeff Hardy has. Um, and yet, Elias versus Jeff Hardy makes it to Hell in a Cell, and Kevin Owens and Aleister Black got to sit home and, I don't know, maybe they got the win out of this. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think, I I 100% think this uh, is probably worst match of the night, although there's one other that might be. Um, but e- e- even though I liked Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso overall, I don't think it was match of the night, and I don't think it was the best of the night. But Overall, I liked it. Uh, I even with Sinister, I there's no way I could put that worst match of the night because Elias versus Jeff Hardy was next. Um, <laughs> but following it was a match that I do think, in my opinion, was worse, but other people might think was better um, than Roman. And this is one that you can argue back and forth. And I, I will say your arguments are probably valid. Um, Otis versus The Miz for Money in the Bank. Uh, contract, which oh, I I think Tucker's turn was what kind of made it a match. You know? So I don't I think, think the turn made it a something to talk about. I think Tucker's turn, and I I hate to say this, but I think Tucker's turn might have just turned him into Marty Janetti. Yeah, I I would say very likely that's uh that's something to talk. So. In this match, we, we kind of buried the lead there. The big storyline at the end was Tucker hit Otis with the briefcase, allowing Miz to get the win. Um, the rest of the match is, I don't know, typical Otis versus Miz sort of match. John Morrison was outside, um, and I I think JLB had a reaction to John Morrison uh, being clean-shaven that... Uh, I think it was JLB on Twitter. I had a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that he shouldn't be clean shaven. He looks weird clean shaven. Well, I mean, that was for the Hogan thing. uh, (laughs) So I I, I definitely didn't make any comment for John Morrison for that. Uh, But yeah, I just went to Twitter must have. I I was on Twitter and I thought it was you, uh, Ed Bosip, but someone else had that John Morrison shouldn't be clean shaven because he looks weird so i was giving you credit for someone else yeah well you know but, so you don't think it could have been me on twitter mm-hmm. i am 100 certain it's not you on twitter because you still haven't responded to my 20 uh tweets at you from the other day who's to say i'm gonna maybe i won't i will tweet at you until the tweet at you right now <laughs> anyway um huh. I just going on my Twitter. Luke well, Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk said, "The right time to put the money in the back briefcase on Miz is never." They weren't doing anything with. <sighs> oh man, like I'm sorry. I know you want to give Otis the push, yeah, whatever. But nothing was happening. No, uh, 
here's the deal. You're right. They weren't doing anything with Otis, but that is a them problem, not an Otis problem. And that's 100% a problem that they could have fixed without taking it off of Otis. The Money in the Bank briefcase is best used to propel a lower card wrestler to upper card wrestler, period. Yeah. Right. Just imagine if he was propellable. I think he is propellable. Right I think I think the only way you ever find that out is by giving them the shot at it. And if you gave them the, the money in the bank, then you then you give them the shot. Here's the deal is Miz, as much as I like him, he is at the level he will ever be. Period. Miz will never be a bigger star than he is right now. No matter if you give him money in the bank, give him the universal title. His star power, it doesn't go up or down based on that, right? So you're helping no one by putting the uh, briefcase with him. Um, so if you if you really decided that you didn't want Otis to have it, that he was a lost cause, I can probably name six other wrestlers on the roster that would be a better fit for beating Otis at the, for the Money in the Bank briefcase at this point and having it. You make it a rematch for the Money in the Bank or something. And if Otis ends up beating The Miz, great, like fair and square sort of deal. And Otis looks strong. Maybe this might help propel um, Otis more so. You know what I mean? Because Miz's whole thing was you were using it as a lunchbox. It just fell in your hands. Da, 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 da. And all of these things were technically true. Although he was in the match, he was the, in that... Uh, Money in the Bank match, he was the one that did the food fight thing, the briefcase just fell on him, sort of deal, and he just grabbed it, and then he was using it as a lunchbox. Maybe now it's kinda, it's gonna change Otis's character to be a bit more serious, and maybe perhaps get a bit more heel? healer i don't know but i think they're also doing something probably with him and tucker now so i don't know so so here just from uh looking at the money in the bank match from this year um both alistair black and king corbin were in it and both of them could have benefited more from the briefcase than uh miz getting it again in fact miz wasn't even in that match officially right so so this is some place i mean AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan all don't need the money in the bank to elevate them, right? Um, but Alistair, like, you could even argue King Corbin doesn't need it to elevate him because he's probably at the level that he's ever going to get. But Alistair Black, this would have been a perfect time to have had Alistair Black, instead of putting him in a feud with Kevin Owens again, put him in a feud with Otis saying, you really shouldn't have won that come pick a fight with me um, and then have this and you give the money in the bank to Alistair Black and then you're propelling a future star putting it on Miz giving it to Miz does nothing for it and it's in in my opinion it buries Otis because you're now admitting publicly that you don't have any faith in Otis as a money in the bank holder and that you just gave it to him for shock value and now Otis is going to fall down to lower card again, and we're never going to see him again. What's going to happen is he's going to enter into this stupid feud with uh, Tucker for a while, and Tucker's going to be Marty Jannetty, but Otis is not going to come out of it as Shawn Michaels. Time will tell. Time will tell. 
I feel like I want to pick a fight with you about this. Go ahead, um, pick it. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't have a fight to pick. I, the, the problem <laughs> from the beginning on this was Otis winning it. Um, I know that you would like to see Otis get a title shot. I know that I, from the beginning, have not thought Otis was equipped for a title shot. Uh, I think he's a funny character. I think he has a long career ahead of him. Um, I don't. I think. I think at best he's a mid-card champion, and I think that what they should have done was have him cash in. And and yet again, I'm going to emphasize create some value to the tag division by having tag teams that stay tag teams for a very long time. Yeah, um, getting rid and of And they it. don't do that. Yeah. And so I think that hurt more than anything else um, that they just simply don't give two craps about the tag division. And that drives me crazy. And and I get where you're coming from with that, and I I'm fine with the idea of him staying in the tag division and all of that. Um, I think he's got a bigger upside than you're giving him credit for. He might not have been ready for it yet, um, but he and one of the things that's held him back is COVID, because I think he is he is a bigger star when there's people in the crowd. I think audience reaction to him is off the chart. And without people in the crowd, we don't get that reaction. However, here's the perfect example of it. They put the money in the bank on him. They put him in a storyline with Mandy Rose and a high-profile feud for a while. And then within the last month, they've punted on the storyline with Mandy Rose. They've now punted on him being money in the bank. Uh, and they've punted him out of a tag team. Um, so this, this is, in my opinion, the biggest argument that they're burying him right now and yeah they're gonna have him in a feud with tucker but that's not gonna help either of them tucker's not gonna come out looking better for it oh yeah i I think i think like i said i think tucker becomes and that's the first thing i thought when tucker did that was oh great well there goes his career Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't help tucker out it's not gonna help otis out it's not gonna help anyone out and and now we've got another i don't know month two months four months of watching Miz carry around a briefcase and none of us want him to win a title. I I, I kind of do. Yeah, okay. One of us wants him to win a title. I don't. I cause again, I 100% think Miz and I I like Miz and he's got a very good value as a heel and everything. In fact, I think he's he's better off without John Morrison by his side and John Morrison um has has a higher upside than Miz right now. In fact, right now, if they really wanted to have done this, they should have put the briefcase on Morrison. That I would agree with. Yeah, I would have. I I would have thought that was fine. Yeah, that would have been good. But but they put it on Miz, and even if say Miz wins the WWE Championship, does that elevate Miz? No, been there, done that. Doesn't help him. Uh, cashes in and loses it. Does that really hurt Miz? Nah. There's literally no upside for him him winning it. It's not going to change one way or another. Um, and that's where the money in the bank contract is is best used is to build a star up to... Uh, I mean, it, it's the star. reason Edge is Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the simple fact is 
It's the reason a lot of people are a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match has built stars that were not stars. No disagreements for me, Peanut. So. Uh, I just, I I was okay with this being taken off of Tucker. We're off of Otis. Still am okay with that. So. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. Like, honestly, I, I was even thinking Miz gets it cashes in tonight maybe they do something there but then i'm like i don't know i don't think he's gonna get involved with the mcintyre thing just yet but yeah i don't know i was thinking some crazy things at this point i thought they were gonna put the women's match as the main event too so i was like oh great that means sasha's gonna win it for sure and you know i was thinking all kinds of things i was just happy that the roman match was finished yeah so so talking about it you know uh money in the bank established edge as a main eventer right as a solo eventer because he was primarily before that uh tag team uh the next year money in the bank established rob van dam in wwe as a main eventer uh then you had mr kennedy who never really took off in wwe but that's not really entirely his fault he also Um, um didn't ever cash in yep and uh yeah because lost his contract to edge yep um and then uh cm punk this was early in the cm punk thing and uh helped establish him he then won it the next year as well um jack swagger this is probably the the first one that failed really failed to to uh make him a star but I would argue that Jack Swagger, and even though I'm an AEW fan, I still think Jake Hager is uh, way overrated. Yeah. So, uh, then you have the first of the. You're just going to be this... wrong a lot tonight, aren't you? Yeah, he's very that <laughs> esque tonight. You 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 really want to say that Jake Hager is underrated? Is that what you're saying? No, no I'm just I'm saying he's rated. He's just rated. <laughs> I I would say if you watch AEW, they play him off like he's the monster. They play him off like he's fucking Goldberg um, uh, there, and he's not. I think Brian Cage could wipe the floor with him. I think Lance Archer could wipe the floor with him. I think Moxley should wipe the floor with him. I don't yeah. think he's even in the top five in AEW, but they're playing him off like he should be number one contender. So, um, but anyways, uh, 2010, like Kane won. From- 2010, Kane won. Kane was already established by this point. Really didn't need to have him win. Right. Uh, you also had the Miz win in 2010. This is what established Miz as a main eventer. Daniel Bryan and Alberto Del Rio in 2011. Established both of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2012, Dolph Ziggler and John Cena. Now, John Cena was another one of those. He By this point, he was already main eventer, so having him win. But it was John Cena's first, or John Cena became the first guy to lose when cashing in. Mm-hmm. So, so there's something to be um, said. Then another one that, that kind of failed to put someone over, Damian Sandow. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Um, Randy I, Orton. Also, I think Damian Sandow was phenomenal, especially when he was Mizdow, but uh, it ju- he just never really took off in the main event. Of course, Randy Orton won it in 2013. Uh, then here's a big one. 2014, Seth Rollins won it. How'd oh, that yeah. turn out for Seth Rollins? That 
catapulted him to main event, and he's still in main event. Uh, Sheamus won it in 2015. Dean Ambrose in 2016. WWE doesn't know what to do with Dean Ambrose, so they don't know anything. And then 2017, Carmella and Baron Corbin won. And then Carmella won it again, you know, because technically James Ellsworth, Ellsworth won it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, Alexa Bliss, who then cashed it in later that night. Braun Strowman in 2018. So they've done Bay- a lot of people recently who didn't have a reason to win it. Yeah, they, that's what it's turned into, because at this point here, uh, after that, Alexa Bliss was already a multi-time women's champion, and she wins it and catches it in. Braun Strowman, this was his his big, what should have been his coming out party where he goes off to win it, but he doesn't. Um, <laughs> then you have Bayley in 2019, a multi-time women's champion wins it. And Brock Lesnar in 2019. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Brock winning. That's me banging my head against the wall. Then, of course, this year, Asuka and Otis. See? Asuka got a chance then because of it. <laughs> oh wait, no, she no, she'd never been women's champion. <laughs> Had the streak. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so I have problems with this Miz versus Otis match for a lot of reasons. Um, I also would put this one worse than the Roman match, but guess you guys and your arguments are probably valid. Um, if you put this above the Roman uh, match, this is splitting hairs here because my problems with it um but it wasn't like the more of a story um it does not tell a better story (laughs) it just tells more of a story i don't know i'm not a i i I don't know the first half of this card not great that's what i'm gonna say about this card um and then we get into some really great matches plus the bobby lashley match Yes. But um, moving on, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Sasha Banks in Hell in a Cell. Match of the night. Yeah, I, hands, would, I, mean, I would not disagree there. Yeah, so. I, think, I, I think hands down, everybody would say that this was the best match of the night. Mm-hmm. And she's um, flying overhead telling me that this is the match of the night. What is with Sasha Banks always putting it out? always out there in Hell in a Cell matches though. Like, I feel like when she just does regular singles matches, yeah, she's good. But in Hell in a Cell, she just adds an extra, like, thing to it. she is the only woman to have been in every single women's Hell in a Cell match. And this is the reason. Because she just, and it was just back and forth action. Didn't know what was going on. The kendo stick stuff on the outside where they were propping kendo sticks up. Oh, the whole using Epic. the table and she does her double knees on the cage. I was like, oh my God, this is, uh, I loved it. I didn't get the whole spray paint thing. I thought the spray paint thing was stupid. Yeah, that was a Bailey thing though. Because <laughs> she yeah. had painted the chair already. That's, I think, the only reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, crazy great match. And it was really long, but it was all, it was entertaining through and through. And yeah. Sasha ends up winning it. She is your new champion, and I hope she stays champion for... And she's I able to defend successfully. I have to admit, I am looking forward to the line that Bailey will use this week. It's not a big deal. I just have to be the next one to wrestle you. <laughs> yeah. my title That's back. what I was going to bring up. Now, what's the over-under on her successfully defending this? She will de- successfully defend this time. But 
the storyline that will be told is, and they won't have her defend until Survivor Series, but the storyline that will be told is, not a big deal. You got it. Your title defense is against me. I just have to be the next one that faces you. You're going to lose. You lose every time you have the title. I see Bailey doing that for sure. That's oh, hilarious. yeah. This this amplifies Bailey heel beyond any level that, I mean, she will be the best heel, the best heel in WWE. After I want to. I want to rewatch this match again because I thought it was a phenomenal match. Yeah, great match. But Bailey's Bailey's mic skills have improved so much during her title reign. Um, I can't fathom how this isn't isn't just one of the best storylines over the next month till till Survivor Series. It just it simply is going to be the best storyline until Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So it was a but great yeah, match. It was a great match. I loved every second of it. I was one hundred percent picking. Uh, Banks to win, and sure enough, she did. Um, it was nice. The bank statement with the chair wrapped around Bailey's head. Was... Yeah, and then kicking the chair at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. Like this match is so such a good match. This is what Hell in a Cell was really meant to be. It's it's not meant to have a guy go up to the top and somebody fall. It's not meant to have. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, six other gimmicks in it. This is what Hell in a Cell was meant to be, and it was great because of it. Um, you know, it was it was Bailey lost her chair at one point, or early in the match she managed to reach out and get it, um, but she couldn't actually get out of the cage. You know, all of that. I mean, it was just great. It was great. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It was great. The storytelling was fantastic. Um, it it is the first time in. Oh, probably since WrestleMania, maybe that I've gone. I want to see what happens this week on the shows. I know what should happen, and I've already made the prediction. Eh, it's not a big deal. I'll get the title back. I'm gonna get the next match against you. I'm gonna earn the number one contender match tonight, and she she will, and she'll go. Okay, well, I'm I'm already the women's champion because you're gonna lose in your next match. You don't ever defend a title. You've never defended a title, a singles title. I, I don't even think she's going to need to win a number one contenders match. They just know it's been a year and a half since they promised no rematches, and they'll just give her a rematch. She'll come yeah. out and she'll cry about a rematch, and they'll give her one, which is fine. I, we've been on the record on this show before about how automatic rematch clause for champions is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Whatever when they, they just do it with Randy Orton for three months. Yeah. It's just when they do constant rematches for no reason, like Randy Orton for three months uh, gets beat by Drew McIntyre, so he demands another match, and he gets it, and beat by Drew McIntyre, so he demands another match. And, you know, you do that enough times, eventually you get lucky. So moving on... (laughs) To Bobby Lashley. To Bobby Lashley versus Slapnuts. Slapjack. They should have just rechristened him Slapnuts since Double J Jeff Jarrett was there. Yeah, no, that's valid. I'm just like, first of all, okay, so this match goes back to on the kickoff show, Mustafa Ali laid out a challenge, say, any member of the Hurt Business, uh, you just choose a member of Retribution, we'll have this match. 
and I'm like, are you are you fucking stupid, Mustafa? Are you really just? <laughs> they're gonna choose Lashley versus Shane Thorne. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna take their big powerhouse Lashley, and they're gonna choose the littlest of you guys in slap nuts, Shane, Shane Thorne. Thorne. <laughs> uh, like Ed I, I died like I'm like Gajakovic. This was made for you. This was yeah. this for you to. That could have been an entertaining match. And this is not trying to take anything away from Shane Thorne, right? I think Shane Thorne... Shane Thorne was fighting with his mask the whole time, too. So, you know, not only does he get his his stupid mask mask to disappear. Yeah. Uh, Which is funny, because we've been talking about how stupid the masks are. When uh, Hurt Business gave their answer, they said, we're going to have Bobby Lashley, and we're going to go, who should we go against? And, uh... Which one was it that said it? I think it was Shelton Benjamin said, um, how about you go against the guy with the stupid mask? And then they all looked at him and like, they all got stupid masks. And he said, oh, you know, the one, Slap Nuts. They see actually said Slap Nuts. I know, he probably said Slapjack or whatever, but Slap Nuts. Uh, I'm gonna call him that forever. Yeah. Um, until they get rid of that stupid name and let him be Shane Thorne. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm exhausted by the uh, they don't actually have names thing. Like, okay, why? <laughs> well, and the thing is, the the masks are just dumb because they came out for weeks wearing just you know hoods and and face masks, like normal face masks, and then all of a sudden they get called up, you know, and five of them have special stupid masks on. I mean, Shane Thorne's slap nuts, it's basically a hockey mask, so at least his is a mask that exists, but the other two wear these stupid... One's a sort of Bane mask? Yeah. Dumb. And Dominic Dijakovic has face paint on underneath his mask, uh, which, here's the deal, just give him face paint. (laughs) This is a guy that they loaded up multiple matches in NXT with. Dio, I get. Um, I don't know. I don't really understand Mia Yim either because she had been in a great storyline. Well, Mia Yim's just an example of them saying, hey, you know, your boyfriend's on the main roster, so let's keep you together. And that's not, again, I want to make sure I'm not saying Mia Yim's not worthy of being on Raw or SmackDown. I'm saying that Vince doesn't know that she's worthy of being on SmackDown. I'm saying that the only reason that she's in anything right now is because of this. And if they if they really had faith in her, keep in mind, she's been there and she hasn't wrestled yet on Raw. She's just been there with the rest of the group. They've given her no reason because guess what? They immediately threw them into a feud with a group of four guys that don't have a girl attached to it. So well, she just gets to stand there. Uh, uh, poor Mia Yim. Um, I mean, you know, they realized that having two girls in it didn't make any sense, so they sent Mercedes Martinez back to NXT. I think they realized that that particular girl, too good to be left behind. But, uh, but so well. Bobby Lashley puts the hurt on Slapjack. Hey, said his name. Yes. Um, I mean, I I think the match was like a minute and a half long, all told. Uh, Ashley 
puts on the hurt lock. Lock. Not locker. Lock. And and then uh, Retribution comes out to try to attack uh, Bobby Lashley. And before the rest of the hurt business can come out, Bobby Lashley pretty much has taken care of the entire Retribution. Right. Yep. Pretty much holds his own there. Yep. And then Mustafa Ali jumps in and is going to try to attack uh, Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley turns around and the rest of the Hurt Business is now there. And so Mustafa Ali runs away scared. And I'm like, what are you doing? You, If you want to establish Retribution as a, a force in some way, you have to give them some wins. Or at the very least, give them some losses where they in the middle of this match, just jump in and beat the tar out of Bobby Lashley, right? I mean, that's the way the storyline could have happened. Bobby Lashley's out there beating up on Slap Dick. Um, <laughs> Slappy's getting a lot of different names, man. Um, and and he puts the hurt lock on Slappy McSlapperstein. And then the rest of Retribution just comes out and just piles on Bobby Lashley and just beats him up. And then Hurt Business comes down. But by that point, referee's already called uh, for the disqualification. And Hurt Locker, or Hurt Business gets the win. <laughs> and uh, and Retribution looks like badasses, at least, sort of. But no, you, this is like, I don't know, third loss they've had. They haven't had a win since being, quote, signed to the roster. Yeah. What a way to establish them as a as a competition, right? No idea what they're doing with them, like at all. Like when you brought Ali, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. At least you're giving Ali something to do. Kind of down with this, and then you still completely ruin them by, especially Ali is being that scared of Lashley. Like, oh my god, no! Like, what, bro? You're supposed to be this beast guy. I know Lashley's big and all that or whatever, but like. Why not make Dijakovic this big dude? Actually, I feel like Dijakovic is your monster. So why not? Well, you know, you could have. I don't know. Is Dio the monster. monster right now? What the hell is Dio wearing, by the way? He was wearing some like I don't know. He didn't, he didn't even match with any of them. Like, but well, here's the deal. They they made even a big deal this week about um, Mustafa admitting he was the hacker the whole time. I was um, waiting for that too. Like I was waiting and, for the lights to go and, off. And he's got all this power. All he has to do is he can get to the truth and all that stuff. So yeah, why not have him do something? Like you said, the lights go off or middle of the match, the screen lights up and here's some footage of Lashley bad mouthing MVP or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that distracts uh, Lashley long enough for Slappy McSlapperstein to get some offense in or something. Uh, uh, I don't, don't you guys think I forgot about you, T-Boz? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, so, this is the other match that I would put far below Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Yes. Okay, fine. Fair. This match for sure. But then after that, it's Roman. So, Roman's the third worst match on this card. Um, that you call the really good pay-per-view. I enjoy, but, but here's the deal is you and I have had uh, disagreements on the Roman match. I thought the Roman match was maybe arguably second best match of the night. I got to be honest. I enjoyed the Roman match 
probably more than I enjoyed the Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton match. Um, I mean, it's not hard. Congratulations that whole on being wrong. Yet again. Oh, that whole going up the cell and then not doing anything with it was really stupid. I went up the, uh, the cell to get his lightsaber. I mean, red painted bar of, of tubing or whatever it was. Yeah. I thought it was a pipe. It looked like a lightsaber because it was red on the top and then had a black handle. So looked like a toy lightsaber at first. <laughs> yeah. But but we will move on to that match since we're already talking about it. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Um, and so so for me, you know, like I said, I, I don't hate this match, right? Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, probably, I would say, third best match of the night. So for me, second best. Okay. So for me, you know, uh, Bailey versus Sasha, number one. I put Bailey versus Sasha is a clinic. Yes, though. By I mean, far, it, by far, it's it's that good. By far, number one. I would put Roman versus Jay number two, and this one, Drew versus uh, Randy number three. Um, that's my opinion here. Um, I I think it was I think it was a good match. Uh, I think there were some confusions with it, but it at least made sense that it was in Hell in a Cell because they used the cell extensively through all sections of the match, including at one point, Randy Orton decides to just, like, I don't know, fuck off and leave. (laughs) Right, which didn't make any sense. Like, I'm sorry, do you not want the title? I'm sorry, (laughs) you're the one who challenged him to, to a match in Hell in a Cell. And you realize there's no such thing as a countout in Hell in a Cell 2. So, you know, what purpose are you solving by walking away? (laughs) Right. But in the end, they end up climbing to the top. He gets his lightsaber. I mean, steel pipe. Mm. uh, Hits McIntyre, like, I don't know, once or twice with it. And then they climb halfway down the side so that they can do the awkward fall off through the table. I'm tired of that spot <laughs> no wait, and... wait 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 you're so you're wishing that there was a full fall off the cell i'm saying either you fall off the cell all the top or you don't do a fall off the side of, of, of the cell right you can still have stuff on on the cell that is not a fall off the cell that still looks good but this it, my problem with it is it's always so awkward because they always have they're climbing down the side. They have to make sure they go choose this one specific side. They can't do it on any of the other four, three sides. Got to be this side. And then they always climb down to a certain spot and then they climb over to a certain spot. And then they do this awkward fighting on the side that never looks like it's very impactful because it, it's two people who are clinging on for dear life to the side of a cage. And then one of them just kind of kind of uh falls off the side through a table um it it's just silly looking to me and so just don't do it and you don't have to go off the top of the cell you don't have to go through the cell um as we saw in the bailey versus sasha max you don't have to go to the top of the cell at all you could use the side of the cell in creative ways without having to have a big spot off the top of the cell or side of the cell or whatever so that's my point. Just yeah. don't do it if you don't need it. like this land. It lands in the that's good S word from the past. So we need to do it again. Yeah. Um, it lands in the same category as 
Undertaker's never lost at WrestleMania. Let's make him lose at WrestleMania because that'll be good effort. No, it was okay to have Undertaker never lose at WrestleMania. He could have been undefeated for his entire career and never lose at WrestleMania. That would have been fine. <laughs> Nobody would have been pissed off. Here's the deal. It's him losing at WrestleMania. I'm going to defend it from this standpoint. It was potentially star-making, but you have to use it to make a star, right? No, and no. Brock Lesnar did not need it. So... That that is that is where it comes down to. If you're gonna have him lose at WrestleMania, lose use it to build a star, not just ah here's Brock Lesnar doing it. Anyways, um he, he here's my pro part of my problem with this fall off the side is I don't think it's ever been good S word because it all happened after we've already seen someone thrown off the top of it. Nothing falling off the side is ever gonna look as cool as Mick Foley being thrown off the top of it, right? So Correct. don't even try. Come up with something else to do. Because we've already seen a guy thrown off the top of it through a table. Someone falling from halfway up through a table doesn't have the same impact, period. And it has never had the same impact. Doesn't matter who does it. So just don't do it. Find something else to do. Have someone somehow or another get a table up to the top of it and powerbomb someone through a table on the top of Hell in a Cell. Not through it, because we've already seen that, on it. Because there, there's always that danger where we're like, oh, are they going to go through? <sighs> oh, no, okay. But every time someone, I, every Hell in a Cell, someone comes crawling down off the top of it on the side where the announce tables are, I'm like, yeah, they're going to do that awkward fight, and then he's going to fall awkwardly off the side of it and through an announce table. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yep, there it is. Yep, yep. It's become routine. routine, yes. Um, But in the end, this was this was a brutal match. We didn't see that last year, though. No, we didn't. I'm trying to remember what we did see last year, though. <laughs> a lot of crap. I mean, crap, crap, but... Uh, let's go here and see exactly because we, we don't even want to talk about the uh, fucking Bray Wyatt match don't um, so we have Bray Wyatt versus that was in Hell in a Cell the other one was Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks they didn't even go up to the top so there was no fall off the side one way or another last year nope nope see see so it's not all the time that's, that's not all. That's a, but it's good, every time you see something, it's, like, yeah. it, it's good S word. And I mean, no, because the problem is them going to the top is pointless. Just to get a saber and do nothing. And then Randy Orton's like, oh, I'm going to go back down. I'm like, what? What was the whole point of getting him up there? Like, to just use your saber? Why wouldn't you just have it on it the ground? It was to goad him so like, he could knock him off the side. Yes. It was to go to so that he would then crawl down the side, other side and get knocked off in a stupid fall. But then why not Randy Orton crawl slowly up the cage and then he goes after him and then Randy Orton kicks him off like that? What's the point of going up there for no freaking reason? Hey, Randy Orton has been in the second most number of Hell in a Cell matches. He knows what he's doing, okay? Nope, this is not true. <laughs> yeah. He's a 14-time world champion. This is yeah. why this did I just give away the, the ending? Spoiler alert! <laughs> as if we didn't already know. I mean, here's the deal. We all, anyone who with half a brain, knew as soon as they said Hell in a Cell match with Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre that this was their 
excuse for a way to put the belt on Randy Orton because there's already a lot of rumors that they're planning on for WrestleMania next year, Randy Orton versus Edge for the championship. And that means I don't think they can keep it on Orton that long. Yeah. I don't think but when else are they gonna have a good gimmick to to take it off of uh, Drew McIntyre? Well you can transition him with the Miz and then have him get it back. Mm-hmm. That's my point is but here's the deal is we can buy the Miz sneaking out a victory on Randy Orton. I don't know if Drew McIntyre could could survive the Miz sneaking out a victory on him, you know, yeah, on him. McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, so um, two years ago, we got to see Jeff Hardy do the stupid um, splash from the top of the cell through the table that Orton moved out of the way of. That was at least something newish. Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago, it was it was dumb, but it was newish at least. Um, I guess in your defense, since we're already talking about Orton potentially at WrestleMania versus Edge, um, I, in defense of what you said about Tucker, I don't I don't get mad if or it, not Tucker uh, about Otis. I don't get mad if Otis beats Randy Orton in a schmoz sneak up and get it, and then Randy Orton's like, okay, well. I'm going to fight you again because I got to fight the last guy three times if I wanted to. And I'm the only active wrestler that's held the title more than 10 times. So, and bear in mind, I uh, Randy, shot at that. Randy Orton kind of gets a lot of these matches. Like a match that comes to mind where he repeatedly fights the same person for the championship is when he had that uh, crazy time with Christian. When Christian worst first won the championship, the peeps and all that, it was all excited. And then Randy Orton beats him, and then Christian gets mad. And then they have like this like six month back and forth action between the two. Um, Term feud. Sorry. Long term feud? Nope, not allowed. Yep, they don't do that anymore. No, I, I get that. It's that Randy Orton is in these like repetitive rematches. He's obviously already had a few with Drew and all that. So it just seems to work with him. Like we don't mind it happening. We're not as fed up with that happening as certain other wrestlers. Because I don't know, Randy Orton might not be the best. Like, we, I don't know, we don't consider him as like a top favorite but we just don't mind him he's good at what he does he's not boring but he's not overly great either you know this is this is the equivalent of losing the title to rick flair it's it's rick flair man like he, he's held the title dozens of times multiple times randy orton's held the title 14 times now there's no there's no shame in losing to randy orton after he had to challenge you three times to get the shot you yes. know um, Drew has held the title once for six months, mm-hmm. all during a national pandemic. Yeah. Right. Drew so, will get another shot when there's fans. What one of my big kind of nitpicky things with this, and maybe it's just they couldn't figure out a way to really do it, but I think they missed an opportunity for the end of this for uh, Orton to hit the RKO on McIntyre in mid Claymore. Because I think uh, that, that because, nice. you know, McIntyre goes to do the Claymore, Randy Orton steps out of the way, and then just, it'd be almost a reverse RKO because it would be yeah, on be, the it back. Yeah, it'd be a neckbreaker. It'd be a neckbreaker. It would have been a cutter. But it still could have been called an RKO if he caught him. Well, you could have had uh, McIntyre twist in the air, 
you know, when he stepped out of the way because he's trying to recover or whatever. But I think that was a missed opportunity there because what instead they did is McIntyre misses the Claymore and then gets up from it and turns around straight into an RKO. I like and, it, though, because it is the first time that, Mac, that somebody just got out of the way of the Claymore and hit him with a significant move immediately afterward. And Orton's the right guy for that. I just think it would have been it, it, it would have been a jaw-dropping moment, almost at the level of the Evan Bourne uh, uh, shooting star press to RKO if, if, you know, Randy Orton had just sidestepped and then hit the RKO immediately on it. Um, but I think, that, like I said, that's a nitpicky thing. I'll 100% admit that. Uh, I just think it I'm would pretty be. Sure you'll, I'm pretty sure you'll get to see this again because this feud might be over for a bit, but I don't think it's completely finished. Edge will probably only get into the picture most likely uh, come Royal Rumble. So, yeah. well, that's sure, yeah. they've got a lot of time to fill before then. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna at least get a a rematch out of this at some point. Um, and I think we're gonna get another McIntyre title run. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think he's done having. I don't think he's done having a strap. Champion. Randy Orton's a traditional uh, transitional champion. He's gonna lose it probably next pay per view, or Miz is gonna probably get it, and maybe Miz will be a transitional champion as well. Like I see McIntyre getting it back by Rumble. This is not gonna be a long title run. Ah. Rumble. No, I, I I don't think McIntyre gets it till till SummerSlam next year. Yeah, I think I think McIntyre gets it from Edge. Yeah, I in fact I think that this becomes. Uh, you guys remember when Diesel Kevin Nash lost to um, uh, Bret Hart in the roll up, Diesel's only title run. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next night he came out and said, I lost my ruthlessness, and I think McIntyre can really fit into that role. I was no longer the psych- psychopath. Yeah, that that easily could be it. I think they also missed an opportunity with this because it was in Hell in a Cell. After the RKO, even maybe after the pin, they could have had Randy Orton continue to beat down on McIntyre which would then help explain why McIntyre doesn't come out tomorrow on Raw and say, give me a title shot again. Give me my rematch. You know, it's bleeding though, right? So we have that whole uh, bleeding from the mouth. They're, the commentators are mentioning that maybe his ribs are broken. They could still kind of make that happen. Technically. All, all the more reason to give a, a bigger beat down at the end to sell it farther. Sure. But, but that's, again, that's kind of nitpicking. Uh for for me, I I still thought this was I this wasn't a great pay per view, but compared to the pay per views we've had recently, this was a good pay per view. Um, I think we had three very solid matches out of it, um, and then a couple medium matches, and then a couple stinkers. So. I think if the women's match wasn't on this pay per view, um, yeah, I don't know. It might... I think you take a different tone. <laughs> Yeah, the women's matches would save this for me. Otherwise, it would have just been mediocre because I honestly didn't see no reasoning for what happened with Roman's match. Uh, just completely pointless. Um, I don't know. Like, something was missing. They could have done it a different route. I just wasn't a fan. Um, and then, yeah, the Randy Orton match. I mean, I love the surprises that happened. All the change-ups, Sasha Banks winning, super cool. 
well, again, Sasha Banks, everything was perfect in that match. I have no complaints there. Um, you know, even the, the change up with Randy Orton when I loved it. I loved it. I thought that was cool. thought the match was kind of meh, you know. Uh, but it's, I kind of expected a little heavyweight match like that. I just felt it was a bit slow. Um, I felt McIntyre was quicker usually in majority of his matches. This felt maybe they were just trying to waste time too because they were a bit early as well. So maybe it's something to do with that. But well, um, it's kind of what happens when you only have five matches announced for six, your pay-per-view. Six yeah. total on it. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Um. So yeah, no. I like I said. I I'm not saying this was an A plus pay per view. Uh, I think all told, I would probably put it at a B. Uh, but compared to the pay per views that we've had from WWE recently, a B is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that that's averaging out. You know, I basically put uh, a A plus for the Bailey Sasha match. Um, oh, that I mean, I would be astonished, and I mean astonished if. That is not given a uh, five-star uh, rating. Uh, I I would say prepare to be astonished, but that's not that this wasn't that good of a match. I That's just that Meltzer's not going to give it a five-star match. Because it's WWE and it's women. Yeah, well, and it, it wasn't a technical match. He, he tends to rate the technical matches better than the gimmick matches. Um, and so, but no, I, I, I 100% think that was an A plus match. I would put both, uh, the Roman match and the, uh, Drew versus Orton match at B's. Um, I would put Elias, um, versus Jeff Hardy and, um, Lashley versus Slapdick. <laughs> a B's <clears throat> or low C's. I I think you're you're being nice putting them at low C's. Um, That's why I'm saying maybe D. I think you're being nice doing that too. Uh, Miz versus Otis. um, C. C plus. Um, Yeah, because the match wasn't bad, and the story that was told was at least a story. Yeah. So all of that to me averages out to about a B overall, and so. Yeah. Again, not saying it was a great pay-per-view. It, this certainly wasn't, you know, uh, a top-tier pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. Um, AEW has done some better pay-per-views recently. Uh, but for WWE this year, this was one of the better ones. Yep. So, Again, still not saying much. I'll just say this. I didn't find myself staring at my Twitter machine the entire time. I didn't find myself not staring at Twitter, (laughs) but I didn't find myself doing it the entire time. And last month at Payback, I don't know if I looked up from Twitter through half of it, you know? I just kind of like paid attention or whatever. Which might be saying something in regards to you rating stuff. How are you rating stuff when you're looking at your phone? (laughs) So much for a review, Smarks. You just spoiled yourself right there. Nope, I think I think it says you can follow everything that happens on WWE without actually watching this TV. Sometimes we've proven that on some of our reviews before. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> so nah. Um, but so that brings us to the end of talking about Hell in a Cell. Um, but I did want to quickly bring up that we also had another pay per view for a different company this weekend. Impactful. 
Yes, it was it was very impactful. There was a lot of impact for their long-term storylines in this. Um, I can't come up with any more impact jokes. So A lot of deep impact, and I'm not talking about the film with uh, Bruce Willis, I believe it was. No, it wasn't Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is Armageddon. Yes. What was, who was within deep, deep impact? Um, was that the Tommy Lee Jones one? Arnold? Was that an Arnold? Was Deep Impact Arnold? No, no, it was not Arnold. I think Tommy Lee Jones was in it, though. Yeah, That's I think it was Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it was a comet instead of oh, an like asteroid. asteroid. Yes. Yep. Um, it's just like um, when the two different volcano movies came out the same year. You had Dante's Peak and you had Volcano or whatever it was called. They were basically... When, when the one with the giant robots came out, it had to have two different people in the giant robots. Yeah, and then they did a sequel that no one watched. Um, Nobody but really no. liked the first one, so <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory was this week. <laughs> and um, Impact Wrestling with Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elijah um, Wood. <laughs> well, yeah. he was it. That's why. Well, while I know neither of you guys watch Impact on a regular basis, um, there were a couple of big things that happened. Number one, uh, Heath won an official contract by Rhino winning the uh, 20 wrestler intergender call your shot gauntlet match. Nice. Um, which is a heck of a name for a match. Intergender call your shot gauntlet match. Anyways. Um, What's the call your shot aspect to that? It's... It goes back to the whole old thing where where the wrestler would say, if this happens, I get this. Uh, so in this case, uh, Rhino and, and Heath called their shot. If they win, they get contracts. If they lose, then they don't. They get fired, sort of a thing. But previously call your shot, multiple people called their shots. And for this one, no one really did. So it's kind of dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the hard part of this is uh, facing the fact that there were that many people. There were eighteen people who didn't want Heath on the roster. Yeah, and we're like, or, fuck you, Heath, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, those guys are assholles. What an asshole organization. But he's got kids, uh, Danny. Yeah, yeah, seriously, he's got kids. Um, Moose versus EC3 in a singles match for the TNA world championship belt even though it's not an official title um it was a great match it was a cinematic match and it's very worth watching even if you're not like into impact it was very well done so i want to just support ec3 the poor guy had such a shit run on wwe that he deserves all the support he can possibly get he was phenomenal in tna back in the day well you know good yeah (laughs) um that uh four-way tag team match where uh, Motor City Machine Guns defended against the North, the Good Brothers, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. And the North are the new tag team champions. So, Canada. Take back Canada. Damn right. Uh, you had Ken Shamrock defeat Eddie Edwards by submission for, I don't know, just to celebrate the fact that Ken Shamrock just got inducted into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. 
I yep. don't because think old, any of us, not because of time and impact. Yeah, but I don't think any of us were really crying out that we wanted to see another Ken Shamrock match. Um, also worth noting that uh, I mentioned before, The Rock was the one who did the induction video for Ken Shamrock into the Hall of Fame, and Bret Hart also submitted a video congratulating him. So Bret Hart already has a tenuous relationship with WWE, but the for The Rock to be like, yeah, Vince, I know you don't like Impact, but fuck you, I'm gonna. <laughs> what does The Rock care though? He's not under contract. Like, bro, I'm a big movie star. Like, you want me? You need me more than I need you. Like, I'm doing what I want. I'm breaking my own gate. And I am doing a video for Ken Shamrock because congratulations. Which, do we know why Ken Shamrock wanted The Rock, though? I guess they're good friends outside, or? Um, if you were being inducted into a Hall of Fame for wrestling, wouldn't you want The Rock to do it? I, I mean, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment? Of course I would. But I just, you know. Asked and answered. All right, fine. Jeez, I feel like there's more of an answer. But uh, if you're being Mr. Cornette over there, I I am sure they're close. Are they're friends? I don't know if they're close friends. But again, my my point simply is, if if you're Jeff Hardy being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you could choose anyone from it, The Rock would be pretty high on your list to be the one to induct you. Not if he didn't have anything to do with my career, though. Like, you know, usually when we see the WWE Hall of Fame inductees, they're usually people that had something to do with their career, the helpment of their career in uh, getting them to where they were and so on. Ken Shamrock, like if this was live and everyone was there, what the hell is The Rock going to say? What did The Rock say? Do you, did you watch it? Um, I he talked about great matches they had and how much he deserved it and i mean i didn't i i don't remember the exact speech because <laughs> i don't know a day and a half ago mm. but um but no my my point still is especially since this is for impact right what name is going to get more people talking about you being inducted into the hall of fame than the rock right so for sure as, um, as impact get it getting the rock why not let's do it ken shamrock asked the rock boom it will give us crazy ratings let's do it but just in terms of what you did for my career eh, not career but wise can, can you name can you name a uh, a better name for ken shamrock dan Severin, kurt angle kurt angle yep maybe kurt angle i'll give you that Aside from Dan Severin, Dan, he did have a lot with Dan Severin, but he did. Yeah. yeah. But again, that's not a better name. No, that's that's a name that a more relevant name. More relevant name, but again, even if Ken Shamrock was being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, I don't think he'd choose Dan Severin. No. Now Mick Foley maybe because they had some matches. Yep. You know? Um, but if you can get the Rock, you get the Rock, right? You, sh you shoot your shot. You say, hey, Rock, you want to do it? And Rock says no. You go, okay, Kurt Angle, you want to do it? <laughs> Kurt Angle says no, then you move on down the line, right? But you take the biggest star that you can get to induct you. Um, heck, I bet you uh, Hulk Hogan was somewhere on the list for Ken Shamrock. Like, Rock says no, Mick Foley says no, Kurt Angle says no. At some point down there, he's like, Hulk Hogan's still the biggest name in the history of professional wrestling in terms of 
professional wrestling. In terms of getting humped by the, uh, <laughs> in terms of getting humped by the Yeti, yes, yes, he is. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta say, Macho Man was pretty good at getting humped by the Yeti. Also, yeah. not alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not on the list because you know, dead. Um, yeah, but. But anyways, but the big thing I want to I mean, talk if about. you can get Macho Man and he agrees to come right now, that's but probably the it. biggest name. <laughs> do it. Heck, if you can get Andre to do it right now, you know, yeah. why not? We never had any matches together, but I really, really enjoyed watching you. You both are going straight to hell. You're not passing go. You're not collecting 200. Just straight down. Well, if you think you get $200 on your way to hell um, anyway, I got some news for you there. Um, It's $167 (laughs) on the way to hell. The big thing about Bound for Glory that I really wanted to bring up, we talked a little about this beforehand, but it has my dandruff a bit. Um, And this is not attacking this wrestler at all. This is attacking fans. Rich Swan beat Eric Young to be the Impact World Champion. And so far, I've been paying attention to Twitter. I don't see anyone tweeting about how unbelievable it is to have Rich Swan as your Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Um, yet when Tessa Blanchard won it a year ago, there the internet exploded. Oh, it ruins immersion to think that a woman could be the world champion. Oh my goodness. And, and Rich Swan being champion doesn't hurt that same immersion. If you were angry about Tessa Blanchard being champion and you're not equally angry about Rich Swan being champion, then it was never about the illusion. It was entirely about her being a woman. I think the problem too now though is if you bring up that people on Twitter especially will maybe start calling you racist. Why don't you want that? And so on. Although it is a very valid point because honestly, Rich Swan, Rich Swan is not, you know, a world. He's title. not Moose, also black. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the deal. It's like sitting here looking at this roster, who, who do I think uh, – would be more believable as world champion in the men's, right? Um, uh, Madman Fulton, both Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, uh, both Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, both Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, Alexander, Sammy Callahan, and Eddie Edwards. Be a new name. <laughs> uh, Moose, EC3, Rhino. I'd give it to Rhino. And Heath. Um, Jordan Grace and the women. Yeah, give it to her. Uh, uh, and like yeah, said, but Jordan Grace just isn't believable. Yeah, totally not believable. One hundred percent not. But Rich Swan, that's one hundred percent believable. Fuck you guys, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm like seriously just. Just give up. If if you were angry about Tessa Blanchard winning and you're not angry about Rich Swan, just admit that it was always about her being a woman and not about her skills or believability at all. Um, because 100%, I think, I think all of us would admit that if there was a fight between Rich Swan and Tessa Blanchard, almost all of us would put our money on Tessa Blanchard winning that fight. Yep, 
Yep, I would. Yep. Tessa uh, Blanchard is a beast in the ring, though, man. She, like, I don't. She's a machine. Right? Yeah. I really want to see her entire, Val- entire Valkyrie fight. Too bad she got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you get Impact Plus, you can see all of the matches that they did have. Yeah, I want to see it again. Is that what I should say? Yes. Again. No, I would. Well, there's a lot of people. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm waiting for Tessa Blanchard to announce where she got signed to because we know she's signed a deal somewhere. Um, but with her uh, getting married and being stuck down in Mexico, um, she's not showing up anymore. To be perfectly honest, this would have been a night for her to show up in WWE. Can you imagine if she would have showed up just even just walking out onto the ring apron during the Sasha versus Bailey match? Oof, would have been some pop. Um, I oh. would love to see her in A-dubs, so knock on imitation wood table that I got at Ikea. You didn't get it at an Ikea. You might have bought it from Ikea, but you didn't go to an Ikea. I've been to an Ikea. I bought stuff at Ikea before. There's just not one really close to us. There's one in Denver, which when I lived in Carney was close-ish. Oh, did you guys also notice notice how they had fans chant holy S-word and um, this is awesome for Grant Britton and um, McIntyre match? I meant to bring that up. How I hate it. I hate them doing that because we know that that's a piped-in chant, and we've talked about it before. How I think that's that's a chant that only can come organically, and there was no way that was an organic pipe-in. But I, but they didn't bring it. But they didn't bring it up with the women's match. I felt like there wasn't even a chant, or I didn't, at least I didn't notice it. That's because it's inorganically done. That's because it's inorganically done by writers in a room that none of them are women um, because there's no representation in WWE. Uh, And Vince doesn't think women can actually wrestle. Vince is wrong. I hope hope he's listening to this right here. I'll tell him right to his ears. You're wrong, but can wrestle. No, but... He obviously wouldn't have had that match. He's put Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell match. All She's been in every single Hell in a Cell match. So if Vince didn't think she could wrestle, she wouldn't be in these top tier matches. I've and got for you. Stephanie McMahon. Created women. She created women. Created, and she's got a pull. Stephanie McMahon created women? Oh. She created women. And therefore, she's got all the pull to put them in the Hell in a Cell match. And and I'm being facetious about the creating women, but I'm 100% believing that the only reason we have women's Hell in a Cell matches is because Stephanie McMahon knows it's a PR nightmare if you don't have them. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, I'd even say plausible. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to have men's Hell in a Cell matches now, and we've spent all this time since 2015 talking about the women's revolution and how... I made it happen. I better have a women's Hell in a Cell match. Um, and it just so happens that they put on the best match of the night. But I guarantee you, backstage, Vince McMahon's not talking about the Sasha Banks Bailey match being the best match of the night because it wasn't two big, beefy men fighting. <laughs> like watching the men touch each other. I mean, a, a perfect example of priority for men versus women. If. If you had a female wrestler who had the equivalent physique uh, and look in women as Lars Sullivan, do you think 
that woman would get a shot on the main roster WWE? Um, if I'm just Vince McMahon? Because here's the deal. Lars Sullivan is an ugly son of a bitch, right? <laughs> I don't think either of us, any of us are arguing that, right? Um, he's muscular, but he's not cut, right? No, no, he's not. He's got, like, kind of a weird proportions to him. Like, his torso is longer than his legs, and his his arms are kind of long. You know, all of this stuff. The nickname they have for him is The Freak, and I kind of feel like that covers him there. But if there was a female wrestler who, compared to the other wrestlers, had the same sort of physique, not particularly attractive, not particularly cut, you know, all of this stuff... Do you think she would get a shot on the main roster in the same way? And I would say unless her her uh, family's last name is Anawaii, the answer is no, right? Yeah. Um, but Lars Sullivan gets multiple shots for the main roster and is getting a huge push right now, despite the fact that he's objectively not good. Um, you know, I think that's a perfect example of Vince McMahon's priorities. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't know that, uh, I don't know that it matters. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Vince just doesn't care about women's wrestling. Um, Never has. Never has. And, you know, it's sad. Uh, and that's where I think AEW has a shot is if they could start prioritizing women's wrestling, I think they would have a good shot at having something to take away from WWE. Um, Because WWE has the most talented women's roster right now. By leaps and bounds. By leaps and bounds, right? But they don't showcase them well enough, I don't think, most of the time. They don't prioritize them at all. If AEW had had the guts to... They'd start because here's the deal is uh, we're lucky on AEW if we get one women's match, and uh, there's a good chance we won't even have a women's match this week due to circumstances on AEW Dynamite this week. It was supposed to be Abaddon versus Tay Conti, um, and during the match, an accident happened, and Abaddon uh, got hit in the throat and was gasping for breath and so they stopped the match and she got taken to a hospital and the match never finished so it probably won't air this week but that was the only match taped for this week's dynamite uh that's a women's match and that's why they they struggle so hard with women because they've got a talented women's roster but most weeks we get one women's match if even that and we really, they should be putting two or three women's matches together every week. They got two hours, they could do it, but instead they'd rather focus on tag team wrestling, which is fine, I get it, but... Yeah, you know, you something they've already already are throttling WWE at. But anywho, that's my kind of rant on women's wrestling and, and stupid fans, Texas fans, so... On that note, I think we will probably start drawing uh, this particular episode to a close. Um, decent pay-per-view. We disagreed on some of the matches. Uh, that's not uncommon, but um, we're usually a little bit closer on the same page on everything. But uh, Yeah, I think your words have pointed out that it was an 
at best okay pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's a decent pay-per-view. It wasn't great by any means. But I didn't, again, I didn't come away from it going like last year's Hell in a Cell going, fuck! <laughs> last year's pay-per-view, we were on fire at the end of it. We were heated. Well, yeah, because it sucked. <laughs> and this year, we're not. And I guess that's that's upward mobility, right? That's improvement moving in the right direction yeah and given the fact that this one was without covid uh with covid rather uh you know they still put a decent pay-per-view on but that's my thing is is this considered a decent pay-per-view because of our current circumstance for sure uh, for sure well nothing exists in the bubble right so your bubble show you a bubble um so yes the current situation does affect it but at the same point this this pay-per-view existing last year without covid still would have been better than what they had last year right i don't know (laughs) yeah no i because last year's hell in a cell was trash what was the best match last year I don't see. I, I think the I think the worst match was so bad that that's the only thing we're putting into play in that. Oh, in a I'm I'm bringing it up. So here's the matches, right? Um, last year, Natalia versus Lacey Evans on the pre-show. Blah. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in Hell in a Cell. Good match. That right? was a great match. Right. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Don't remember that. So it must have been crap. Blah. Randy Orton versus Ali. What? Okay. Uh, Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the tag champions. I don't necessarily recall, but I feel like that might have been an okay match. Uh, the Ali match with Randy Orton, I do remember there was a sick RKO spot there. Yeah. Well, that was the one where Ali uh, countered the RKO with her with his handstand thing. Okay, I remember that, yeah. Um... Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman versus the OC. Don't care. Chad Gable versus King Corbin. I would have been good match. At the time. Why do you skip that the fact that Tamina won the 24-7 championship from Carmella? Because <laughs> it's not listed on this result. Okay. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. It was probably a decent match, but I don't know. And then the crappy Bray Wyatt one. Yeah, but that Sasha, that Sasha, uh, that that Sasha and uh, Lynch match, Becky Lynch match, probably was pretty was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a really good match as well. Um, it so it might have been somewhat similar then. It I just, see. I, so- I remember back to last year, and yes, the Fiend match was horrible, and that left a bad taste in our mouths, but. Just looking at this, I would have taken most of the matches from uh, this year over most of the matches from last year. Um, like, I, who cares? Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers were massively misused, horrible, right? Uh, yeah. Just the fact that you had Charlotte versus Bailey, I imagine that was a really decent match. And then you had Banks and Becky. And then the Ali and Orton match, I remember being pretty entertaining as well. Yeah. 
and the Kabuki Warriors too. So it's just because of the ending that we had from last year's Hell in a Cell that really ruined it for us yeah. and I think it was just a complete shit show. It, it says something for the main event aspect. Had yeah. this main event ended in some type of really schmozzy finish, this is a worse pay-per-view. That's, or, that's what I'm saying. Or, or, or with, with, with how you like your matches, especially with the Roman one, it's just about maybe equal. But, but like, going back here, just looking at... Um, because the fiend, the fiend versus Seth, there were two things that were bad about it. The red lighting, yep. was bad, and um, and and that it was schmozzed out. It was it was, oh well, the the ref's gonna stop it. What? It's a hell in a cell match. So so here, let's look back to last month's pay per view, Clash of Champions, right? Cesaro and Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party on the well, pre-show. I mean, Cesaro and Shinsuke were there, so... Yeah, so I guess, but... Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles in the triple threat for the IC. Did any of us care about that? I yeah, cared. That match was... Austin, yeah, that was good match. Vega. Okay. Oh, that I didn't... Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the 15th time. 62... 62nd time, actually. Okay, sure. <laughs> Uh, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. See? Okay, match. Asuka defeating Bailey by DQ in three minutes. Um, the ambulance match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. That match was better than this out in the sound match. Uh, maybe. Okay. I like the ending. <laughs> Randy Orton won. Uh, uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso again. Yeah, I, both of those were shit. Yeah. So I, I think I, I would have taken aside from the Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre because I will say I liked that one. I think better than this one, but I still would have taken this Hell in a Cell over that Clash of Champions. Um, before that, we had Payback. Okay, now Payback. Now fuck that. Fuck yeah. that because that was a week later. Yeah, but it's still. an extension on SummerSlam. Well, except none of the matches from Payback were based off of their SummerSlam matches. They threw them all together, which is part of why it sucked. But it it should have been repercussions from SummerSlam. But instead, it was let's throw a bunch of new matches together. But let's yeah. go back to SummerSlam, right? Apollo Crews versus MVP. Yeah, good match. Bailey versus Asuka. Yes, please. I was gonna, I'll watch it again. Yep, I will never watch that one again. Why? Because <laughs> that was when the whole stupid finish happened. Yeah. Uh, Street Profit versus wait, Angel wait, Garza. Wait, back, and back, oh, yeah, hold up, hold up. I don't remember that match then. Stupid finish. Um, well, no, actually, that was a Sasha Banks one because that was the one where Asuka faced them twice, right? So no, that was that was Clash of Champions when Oscar faced him twice. Yeah. Oh, so then I don't remember the SummerSlam one then. No, this was the one with the twice. This was the. Summerslam yeah, SummerSlam was the twice because later Oscar versus Sasha Banks. Um, and then and then Oscar just came out because Nikki Cross couldn't compete. That's right. So no, that was Clash of Champions. Yes. Yeah, that was the Clash of Champions. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this was the at SummerSlam. Oscar earned both title shots. Mm-hmm. Did not have yeah. a title at all. Okay. But uh, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the 30th time. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville 
that was a no DQ leave, loser leaves WWE match. It told a story, but yeah. Seth Rollins versus Dominic. The I versus I. That was the I versus an I match, right? Um, that was a no, follow up to the I versus I. The I versus I was before. Anyway, okay. uh, then Oscar versus Sasha Banks, Drew versus Randy Orton again. And then the Fiend versus Braun Strowman in the Falls Count Anywhere match that didn't really need the Falls Count Anywhere, if I'm remembering correctly. And I was in the um, audience in the Yes. Anyway, so so that's what, all I'm saying for this is is looking back at the last three pay per views. So because the bar's been set low, you're gonna say would, I would this still take this. I I could even go go back to to even previous. Go back even farther. This whole year, most of the WWE pay-per-views have been disappointing, and this one was not disappointing. So, and and that's it. So he's right in that fa- in that retrospect. If we're comparing what happened this year, it is one of the better pay-per-views, like and, one of the top. And again, nothing exists in a bubble, right? You gotta take context with everything. Even when watching our classic pay-per-views. We take context of this is what was happening at the time. This is the storyline they were setting up, right? You you uh, doing your botchalog that comes out this coming week for Halloween Havoc 95, oh, right? Geez. You have to take into consideration what was happening in WCW at the time. It's why you Monster didn't just watch one match. Yeah. That pay- okay, so because I've had to watch most of a pay per view, because all of it centered around the monster truck battle stuff and everything, there was so much of it that centered around that. Because I had to watch most of a pay per view except for the good matches, I would take the bad from Halloween Havoc '95 over today. Okay, see now, now you're just being silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit much. I wouldn't go that far. Now I you're just. Start- I do not want to see Zodiac versus Macho Man and a fan coming in. Now I know you're just, you're just lying to try to make your point. Because, because, okay, would you prefer to watch the Kennel from Hell match to this one? No. Yeah. Nope, I don't ever want to watch the Kennel from Hell match ever again. Ever. <clears throat> Forever, ever? Forever, ever. Anyway, out on the kennel from hell ever existing. But if you want to find out why, the <laughs> kennel from hell botchalog is out now. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so very, very bad. Oh. oh. Hi, yeah. We apologize to our fans for those that listened and watched or botched along with us because I don't. Oh. I don't know. Of course you don't. You suggested it. Exactly. You're like, hey, this will be fun. You guys should watch this really, really crappy pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you call it a botch along. You expect people to not suggest crappy pay-per-views? <laughs> yeah, that's a valid, valid point. He's been an extra fancy today, but he's got a point. <laughs> Anyways, we will start to wrap this up. So make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Whatever platform you use, there's some way to subscribe to it or follow it so you get notified when we put up new episodes, including The Botch Along and The Fantasy Booking Institute and our reviews like this one. And and what we normally do on these nights. Yes, and our regular WBUs. Um where we talk about 
fake crimes in wrestling. And if they if they followed us on Patreon, if they were patrons on Patreon, um, they get something really special because they can actually do our full pay-per-view reviews, uh, of which we're doing Halloween Havoc 96 for October because um, Smarks can't handle a botch. Nope, sure can't. I only watch good stuff. In fact, I'm thinking of starting my own watch-along where we only watch five-star matches. <laughs> at, at Raw and Order WBU to let Smarks know what you think the name should be because that's really the only thing standing in the way of him wanting to do that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there's just not a there's not a good alternative to botch for good, you know what I mean, that rhymes with watch. I'm like the. That isn't the actual word watch. Yeah, the watch a lot. No, that's people already have that. So the, the. The fantastic forecast. The the. the We're not a web network. Watch watch along. The Sasquatch along. That's not a bad idea. Speaking of totally totally off subject, I don't know if you saw this. It's worth us. This isn't wrestling related at all, but. A town very close to where uh, D.A. Fabe and I lived and met originally, um, and very close to where he um, still is, Grand Island, Nebraska, just today, uh, announced that they are going to be opening a Bigfoot museum in Grand Island, Nebraska. Oh, wow. Now... How does that work? uh, Well, I don't know, especially since Bigfoot's never been sighted anywhere (laughs) near Nebraska. (laughs) yeah okay well there's that too (laughs) like no one hears bigfoot and thinks oh yeah nebraska the prairie the great plains maybe it's just a museum about people with big feet they got a big foot no 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 no, it's not it's about the sasquatch Uh um you might not be aware that version of the sasquatch known as The Yeti. The Yeti. No, it's not. Um, you might not be aware, but a large portion of Nebraska used to be called the Great American Desert, even though it's not a desert. But it's flat, and it was very sandy, and grass didn't like to grow on it very well. Uh, relatively arid. Relatively arid. It's it's this this area where you know something that's known to hang out in woods is not particularly known. To be like, if you watch the Discovery Channel Finding Bigfoot, they never do an episode in Nebraska because no one ever sees Bigfoot in Nebraska. Uh, so it makes perfect sense to put your Bigfoot museum in, in Nebraska. Nebraska, not Oregon, where there've been spottings of it, or the the rest of the Pacific Northwest, or I don't know. You have to do a vlog. You have to go and you have to do a vlog when it opens. Maybe. I just can't. I, it just blows my mind of all the places to put it. That's where you put it in uh, Nebraska. It's yeah. exciting. I just think I found my weekend trip sometime soon. <laughs> yep. Someone has to get him on the TikTok. Yes. I know. Do your 60 second review of Bigfoot. Bigfoot Museum. Simple. There's been no sightings of Bigfoot in Nebraska. The end. Yeah. Here's the update on Bigfoot in Nebraska. There was none. Yep, never saw him. The end. <laughs> I'll be back next week. I hate to tell you this, but I have actually seen Bigfoot in Grand Island, Nebraska. Yes, the monster truck. No. 
<laughs> I have seen there's a guy who has a giant uh, wood carved Bigfoot. He also has a T Rex. Well, just, oh, so you're aware. <laughs> I, I would actually bet money that that's probably the guy who's opening the museum. <sighs> what a wonderful lunatic that guy is. I don't even know who this guy is. I've never met him or anything. I mean, it's very rural, but it's not that rural. <laughs> By the way, breaking, 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 Marty Scroll's profile is removed from ROH's website. Yes, uh, I saw that earlier today, and wow. Which is interesting. There's also apparently a Bigfoot Research Center in Hastings, Nebraska. I don't don't fucking get what's going on. I'm very confused now. Are you sure there hasn't been sightings of Bigfoot in Nebraska then? If they have a science research center there, there has to be something. I'm going to go ahead and admit that I drive past the sign for that daily. Yeah. <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> I've never been. But I look at the sign and go, should I go look at that? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, but that's enough <laughs> of us talking about Bigfoot. It's just, it's just weird. Like, it's just weird. I'm not saying whether whether you should believe in him or not. I'm just saying Nebraska is not the place to to be looking for him if you do. Um, You're wasting your time. (laughs) I mean, I would say most people who come to Nebraska are wasting their time, but that's beside the point. Wow, harsh, man. I mean, this is is the home state of one detective, Mark Smarks. Yeah. Yeah, you're wasting your time if you come here to see me. (laughs) <laughs> I'll say that. Um, unless you really like Kool-Aid, don't come to Nebraska. Um, unless you're super interested in watching a football team get beat by almost 40 points, uh, don't come to Nebraska. Why well, you got to be a hater, man? <laughs> I I have a niece who does so for every Husker football game. And she's been doing them for like five years now, and she has never once predicted the Huskers to lose, which means she recently has been wrong a lot. Um, this week she picked them to be to win in a squeaker. She picked them to win forty, get forty-one points to thirty-eight. I think is what she said. So do you guys do um, wheezes? Yes, I do know where Deweese is. Why? So apparently, through rain, uh, there was a sighting of uh, Bigfoot in Deweese, in a camp, uh, in a campsite in Deweese, which is in Nebraska. So you both are wrong. Through rain, put a damper on planes to explore the property for clues to the possible presence of Bigfoot activity there. Campers did report hearing sounds that suggested they were not alone during the campout. Reports of grunting sounds, scratching sounds, and a distinct that's that's my big foot. A sound frequently attributed to a Sasquatch uh, were brought to light during discussion between uh, the presenters and campers Saturday morning. And this was in August of 20, August 4th of 2019. So maybe uh, it might be worthwhile checking out that museum. No, no, it won't be worthwhile to check out that museum. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your attempt at making the state relevant, but no. I was just going to say, we have elk in Nebraska. We have bison in Nebraska. 
we have antelope and deer in Nebraska, and all of those animals make weird grunting sounds and scratching sounds on a regular. Uh, we also have mountain lions, which will make scratching sounds and all sorts of weird sounds. So um, I would say most likely it was one of those. <laughs> or, you know, a redneck trying to get his whoopee on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or a guy who owns a Bigfoot museum trying <laughs> to give to a reason to come to Nebraska for your Bigfoot museum. <laughs> I'm not accusing anything. I'm just saying that the chances of it happening are not zero. Um, uh, a very weird turn. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Raw and Order WBU. DA Fabe won't uh, ever tweet anything, but you can follow him at DA Vincent K Fabe. And go ahead and tweet at him a lot. A lot. Maybe eventually he'll know it. You can also follow JLB at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand. You can follow my brand, Real Talk Radio 8, a podcast about everything and anything entertainment. Uh, Anchor.fm slash RTR to find out where you can stream us. It's on all the platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, whatever have you, all of them. And uh, realtalkradio.online, still not updated, but it's still there. So uh, have a check out of what a non-published website looks like. You might yeah. be pleasantly surprised by how simple it is. Non-published websites, kind of like my Twitter page. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So go ahead and leave a bunch of messages on Real Talk Radio's website. EFJ will be here <laughs> Um, you could also sponsor us on Patreon, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. Uh, just three bucks a month gets you access to our classic pay-per-view views, our Discord server, a bunch of other sweet stuff there. Uh, we have our shop. We mentioned shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu, where you can get your not-a-cop shirt or your shirt that says link is in the doop doo or... I'm just saying there has been another sighting of Nebraska and uh, Bigfoot in Nebraska on March 7, 2020. Yeah, again, after <laughs> when they announced this this uh, museum, not going to buy it until then. Um, I also would like to point out that meth is also heavily used in parts of Nebraska. So uh, that could play into something. We some don't things. do that much math. Yeah, no, meth. <laughs> meth. Um, all I'm saying is Walter White would have gotten a lot of money in Nebraska. That's I'm all. just saying, don't go to Lincoln County. That's all I'm saying. I I would agree, don't go to Lincoln County. Not yeah. for anything yeah. Sasquatch not related, North. just because don't go there. Just <laughs> don't go to North Platte, yeah. That, not Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska has some culture and is, is an all right place. Uh, North Platte, on the other hand, Listen, we we gave Arkansas a bunch of crap at one point, um, but we're we're hitting ourselves below the belt here because there's a lot of places in Nebraska just don't go, just don't, right? I I told a friend when I lived down south, they said, hey, I get on a plane, and I I land in in Omaha, Nebraska. What's the first thing I should do? And I said, turn around and get back on the plane because there's nothing to do there. Um, and I stand by that. There, the the number one rated zoo in the country is in Omaha. 
Yeah, true. And it's not far from the airport, so you, if you got a really long layover, right? You and you like the zoo, huh? you could. The, there is absolutely no reason for a layover in Nebraska. <laughs> schedule it right. That's the thing. You schedule it specifically. Layover in Omaha. Go to the zoo and wherever you really want to go. Omaha is not a major hub. It's it's. I'm not saying it's a destination either. It's just. Uh... Yeah, Cincinnati's not a major hub, and I've had layovers there. So. <laughs> Uh, I can also say Cleveland I've had a layover and both of those cities um, seeing the airport is all I ever want to see of those cities so uh, you watch your mouth Cleveland rocks um, Drew Carey would like to say so but um, I, I'm there <laughs> yeah sorry anyway um, that's this went off the rails at the end. I apologize to people who are still listening, expecting wrestling content. But uh, <laughs> listen, if they're still listening, it's because they're expecting more sightings of Bigfoot in Nebraska. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we know that it's over. We already talked about uh, the pay per view that was subpar. But link in the doobly doos. Link is in the doobly doos for all of the stuff that we just mentioned: Patreon, Spreadshirt, and our Twitter places and all of that stuff so you might be able to find links to the nebraska bigfoot museum somewhere on a wix app or something yeah if i remember to i don't know if i care that much about it (laughs) i'm gonna go out and say this i don't care if there have been sightings of bigfoot in nebraska if you're gonna go to a bigfoot museum don't go to the one that's in nebraska there's I guarantee you there's a better one that's going to have more information and better sightings at it or near it. Um, that's all I'm saying. Oh, so right. this place is already opened. Apparently it has already opened. It just got officially approved as a museum. Before now, it was just like a dude's house sort of a thing. Uh, uh-huh. But now it's officially money. It's that dude's house. Yeah. But now it's officially recognized as a museum, which (laughs) that means our governor signed off on it, too. Like he took time out of his day to officially authorize this dude's house to be qualified as a museum as if he didn't have other fucking things to do. Well, apparently not. He probably got paid loads of cash. (sighs) Motherfucking Bigfoot Museum. Not like Pete Ricketts needed anything else. Don't send us links to our Bigfoot Museum. <laughs> We're not going. Yes. Not gonna do that one. Nope. Yeah, just close this out. Go to here. Just to, so it gets marked as red. There we go. It's red. Boom. <laughs> Anyways, this, I'm gonna just bring this to a close. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Fucking Bigfoot Museum. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.